like to have a moment with the children. If you're in the sanctuary, just come on, join me up here. And if you're worshiping online, just move a little closer to your screen. Come on up. Welcome, welcome. I hope y'all are signing up for Vacation Bible School if you're in town. I'd love to see you. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Come on up. Have a seat. Take a load off your feet. Come on up. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but the very first word that we sang in our hymn this morning was this one. All. Not sure if everybody can read just yet, but this is a three-letter word. Well, actually, it's just got two letters. We have one of them twice. All. All creatures of our God and King, we sang. And the Bible part that Reverend Sewell just read has this word in it, too. Some might say this is the last word of the Bible. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all. That means everybody. Our church says that a lot. God loves everyone unconditionally. And if we think about that, I want you to remember something. If God loves everyone, that means God loves you. So if there's ever a day, ever a time when you're feeling like, "Mm, you don't feel so good about yourself, remember God loves you and always will. And there's nothing that will ever, ever change that. And if God loves everyone, then everybody we meet is loved by God. Even though they may be making bad decisions or behaving badly or may not be very nice in the moment, God still loves them. And so if that's true, then I wanna do my best to treat everybody with love and respect as best I can. That's what we're called to do to know that God loves us, and then to do our best to love everybody else. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this little bitty word, A-L-L, all. It reminds us how much you love us and how much you love everybody. Help us to love like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all so much for listening. If you're three, four, or five, You could go with Pastor Maggie and Pastor Brandon to Children's Church. And if you're older than that, you can return to sit with parents or friends. Okay, well, I know it's summer, and I've talked with some of you who are students, and you're very happy to be out of school. But just to keep our minds fresh, I'm going to give you a quiz this morning, okay? I'm going to read the last sentence of a few really famous books. And I want you to tell me if you know what book it is, okay? I've had to take out proper names so it doesn't give it all away, so I just use pronouns. Uh, But I think you can, I think, I think you'll get this, okay. Number one, the scar had not pained him for 19 years, all was well. Harry Potter, that's right. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the end of the whole series. Number two, 
and they were both ever sensible of the warmest gratitude towards the persons who, by bringing her into Derbyshire, had been the means of uniting them. Pride and prejudice, that's right, Elizabeth and Darcy, be still my heart. This last one, I know my husband would get in a second. It may be a little tricky. Well, I'm back, he said. Samwise Gamgee, the end of the Lord of the Rings, stumps you on that one. So you get a, a two out of three. Not too bad. When you have a good writer writing a good book, the last sentence can work magic. It has a way of encapsulating the whole story and just putting a beautiful bow on it. Makes me wonder, what is the last sentence of the Bible? How does the beautiful story of the Bible come to an end? Well, the truth is, we're not really sure. It's going to feel like you're still in school for just a minute, but I'm going to take a moment to to talk a little bit about the Bible and how it all came together and what we know and what we don't know. Let me just focus on the New Testament. The New Testament is a collection of a lot of different writings. There are different gospels that tell the story of Jesus. There are letters written by Paul and others. Uh, there's the apocalypse of Revelation. There's a sermon in there. And these writings were circulating in the early churches, and it wasn't until a few hundred years later that a church council gathered and debated and finally voted on which of these writings would be Holy Scripture, would be included as authoritative in the canon. But what that meant was that in the first couple of centuries of the church, there might be a congregation that had the Gospel of Mark and maybe Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. A church might have received such a letter and then copied it over and sent it to other churches. So 2,000 years later, as we've dug and tried to find these documents, what we have are copies of copies of copies. We don't have the original book of Revelation. We have a copy of a copy of a copy. We have these ancient manuscripts and they don't all agree. And they don't all agree when it comes to the last sentence of the book of Revelation. Some ancient manuscripts say what the NRSV translators have said, which we heard this morning, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all the saints. Now when the word saints is used in the New Testament, it typically means just the believers, the believers, not the ones who've been canonized, but be with all the believers. Some versions say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with the saints. And some versions say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all. So which is it? We don't know. So of course, with that question burning in my mind, I went to look at several commentaries. And the commentaries talk about how we don't know. But many of them, including one I read by Dr. Eugene Boring, who's a professor at Tennessee Christian, I mean, Texas Christian University, says he believes, and many scholars believe, that the best manuscripts we have, the most reliable ones that we turn to again and again, just say, all. So the question we have as readers who are committed to the Holy Scriptures is, how do we interpret this? 
what do we think, given our experiences and our relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, what do we think this last closing word of Revelation is? Well, I can tell you where I am and why. And I think that this congregation is in a similar place, given our welcome statement, given our God loves everyone unconditionally proclamation that we make into the community in so many ways. I believe that the last word of Revelation, if you take off the word amen, is all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all. One reason I claim that is because of how I see the love of God working all through the scriptures. How the story of God with God's people, as told to us in the scriptures, is a God who never stops loving, who never stops pursuing humankind, who never stops inviting us into relationship, who never stops pouring out grace upon grace. It starts in the garden. In the story of creation, when Adam and Eve turn away from God and choose their own way, God clothes them and goes with them from the garden, stays with them in relationship. When God calls Abraham and Sarah to be the, the parents of God's chosen people, God is setting aside a particular people for a particular relationship with the, Isra the people of Israel. But God says, you are blessed to be a blessing. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Even in that moment, God's great plan is for all the nations of the earth. We see in the prophet Isaiah and in the Psalms, these images of all the nations gathering at the foot of God's holy mountain. And then in the fullness of time, when God sends Jesus, the Gospel of John tells us that God so loved the world. And the Greek word there is cosmos. For God so loved the cosmos that God sent God's only Son. And there's so many other examples throughout the scriptures. Of, and even the book of Revelation itself is an invitation, an open invitation. Whosoever is thirsty, come to the waters. So it ends with this invitation to all. I claim this because I'm a Methodist. I'm a Wesleyan. And John Wesley was committed to this idea of whosoever will, that God's grace is offered an open invitation to anybody and everybody. He called it prevenient grace, grace that goes before us before we realize it, before we accept it, before we understand it, which is why we celebrate the baptism of beautiful babies who don't know yet that they're loved by God, but they are. So we have this, this word all. We see at the end of Revelation, I believe, this open invitation. Now the truth is, the, the invitation must be received. John Wesley believed that what comes after this grace of God that's offered is the receiving of it. To receive the truth that we are loved, to receive the truth that we are forgiven, to receive the truth that all are loved, and then to spend the rest of our lives living it out and living into it. 
I don't know about you, but this three-letter word, all, is enough of a mission statement for my life and for the life of a congregation. For me, just as I told the children, to embrace this grace of God for all people means to embrace the love of God for me, to accept that I am God's beloved, that I am received just as I am. And that is the work of a lifetime. That inner work every day of receiving our own belovedness. I believe at the root of so many of our problems in the human race is our inability to accept and believe that we really are loved. And then, if we can begin and work on the daily receiving of that good news of our own belovedness, to turn outward and to realize if God loves everybody unconditionally, if the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is offered to all, then how does that shape our ministry and our life together? For some of us, that may be working in the education system to make sure that all the children in our community have access to a high-quality, free public education. For some, it may be making sure everybody has access to, to health care and to affordable housing in our community, these kinds of actions that we take in our public spaces. For some, it may be regularly visiting folks in the nursing home or assisted living who have nobody else to visit them so that they know that they're seen and they're loved just for who they are. In a couple of weeks, many of us will be at the Pride Festival having an opportunity to, to announce to those who have been told over and over again, often by churches, that they're not worthy. And we get to say, God loves you unconditionally. So many different ways to live out this word all. In just a moment, instead of our normal affirmation of faith that we do most Sundays, we're going to responsively read aloud our welcome statement as a community of faith. And it invites us to ponder how we welcome all. Do we in this congregation have ways where we can make people feel loved and included? For those with different physical abilities or mental abilities or from a different economic status, how do we do that and how do we do it ever better and ever better? This journey of living into God's love for all people, as I said before, is a journey of a lifetime. But I can see you. So I picture these last words on the page the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all. I zoom in on that word, all, and I see you gathered around it, looking in all different directions, proclaiming with your lives, all. Amen.